Deep within a bleak and dismal era, hidden within the murky internet, lies the headquarters of the most sinister peaks of all time, a legion on Zoom. And what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Legion on Zoom. As always and forever, I am Chez. And I'm Miguel. And I'm Rod. And welcome to another one of our little sit-down powwows, adventures, what have you. Um, Today is another beautiful day, and we got some great news for you guys. There is a new trailer, like I said in a previous episode, that we can get tricked. I wish that we could get trailers every single day. Like every day, a new trailer for something else. Or that's that's a good I do think these last few episodes have been trailer heavy. Like it's been a good time for trailers, at least. At least, you know, coronavirus has fucking delayed everything. We fucking robbed us of San Diego Comic Con in its full majesty. Uh, at least we're getting trailers. So that's pretty cool. Right. And who knows, like when we're gonna go back to the movies. So not not to uh <laughs> take a, a detour here but disney plus is releasing mulan on well, on disney plus yeah and now you know the fans are asking like what's up with black widow word there's a lot of movies that are coming out like that too like the 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 latest bill and ted movie though you know the the, the, the next sequel is coming out also going to be on demand as well it's so exactly so it's like what's up with right like new mutants as we talked about last time fucking uh black widow and is that is that it? What other have any other movies been made already? They haven't been the like comic book related ones? Comic book related ones? Yeah. For home relief, comic book related stuff, not that I'm aware of. But I'm sure it's gonna be a growing trend that like as long as the studios see some upcoming profits or I'm sorry, some incoming profits due to the home releases, it's gonna keep working. At the end of the day, the, the one thing that speaks is money. Yeah, the, the UFC is doing well by just streaming all their events, so they have no crowd now. I mean, I know there's still, like, drive-in movie theaters and shit. You know, that the novelty will still get people to go to movies, but they should just start releasing shit at home. Yeah, and, like, in drive-in movie theaters won't work, like, in places like here, like, in New York City, where, like, not a lot of people have cars, like, shit. Like, and then we would have to drive out of the city to go to a drive-in. You gotta go to Jersey. Yo, fuck that. Not going to Jersey, shit. <laughs> and that was definitely an interesting segue away from what we were just getting into. A word. <laughs> which is something pretty awesome, and I'm sure the fans wanted to know and still do want to know. Um, that would be the Batman Death in the Family trailer. That is some pretty heavy shit. Word. And as usual, so we give you guys the freshest reactions right out of our emotional pores, if you will. <laughs> We're going to use our technology. And guys, should I push the button? Do it. And we're also going to watch the upcoming Man of Tomorrow trailer as well. So we're going to watch both of those and then deliver our reactions. Exactly. So we're going to be going for two hours, but it's going to seem like two seconds. I'm going to press the button. We'll be right back. <laughs> And we're back, everyone. Yeah. Those were two freaking awesome trailers. Oh, my God. Out of the two, I would like to say that I was most excited for the Death in the Family trailer. Even though it's an old story, but it's a new movie. But we're going we're gonna to dive into both of them and get as much rich information. Because I have questions. I have reactions. I have thoughts. All right. So 
Same here. I was going to say, and they were both DC movies, which, of course, you know, I'm a fan of. Likewise, likewise. And to be honest, and I don't think we've mentioned this before, but to, to, to be honest, oh, I think we might have actually before, but like the DC animated uh, uh, movies are pretty fucking good. Like, honestly, I, I feel their animated movies have been consistently good compared to their live action films. Now, when I see like right now, we saw these two traders, I'm like, I feel more confident that these movies are going to be entertaining versus if I see like the next, you know, DC film come out like you know, Suicide Squad or I don't know. I have a slight theory behind that. Um, So... In Marvel, where they got it right from the get, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. In these, um, at DC, I think when it comes to the movies, they pump so much money into them that the people who are not creative at all try to create because they don't want to lose on the money. While when it comes to the animated features, I'm assuming it's a way, way smaller budget. So they're like, just let them do what they want. And the creatives pull off masterpieces without being interrupted. Facts. That's my theory. Bingo. Facts. Yeah. No. Agree. Agree 100%. Yeah, which is insane because it's like, why don't you guys just learn from that? Like, it's right there. Yeah, and Marvel ended their animated films for the most part. Like they used to have consistent releases, and I think they were even building their own animated film universe uh, years back with the Ultimate Avengers. But eventually, it started making all the bread in the you know in the theaters, and they were like, you know, we just could make a billion dollars with each you know theatrical release. So you know, <laughs> fuck all the other divisions. Yeah, we're and 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 then the and also like to be honest, the Marvel animated movies. Eh, they were kind of whack. They weren't that great. Their animated cartoons were good, some, but not not all. Like even I think even that, even the DC animated like shows, like like uh, you know what's the one on DC Universe? Young Justice? No, like what is mm-hmm. yeah? Like that's fucking great. You know the Marvel ones can be uh, hit 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 or miss. You know they, at least they do the live action films well. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I think like the people at Warner Brothers and DC should just release the animated features in theaters. They probably would have been surpassed their profits already from the live action stuff. And they did with the Killing Joke. Oh uh, yeah, you're which right. Featured Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. You know, I was in there. It was a it was a, an exclusive Fathom event, so I got tickets and I saw that. Again, their animated films are usually all home runs, and that one especially because such a an iconic Batman story. I'm I'm dying to see that. I'm I'm looking forward, and I think it's on HBO Max, and so I'm looking forward to to, to checking that out. But when we talk about the man of uh, the the man of tomorrow trailer, I do want us to talk about because you're saying that all the animated movies have been home runs. I beg to differ. Okay. okay. Apocalypse War. Mm. All, right, all right, all right. Before we go oh on that tangent, God. all right. So let me let me start with okay. <laughs> let me start with Death in the Family. So yes. the interesting thing about about this this uh, trailer is that. It seems like an extended ultimate multiversal cut of Under the Red Hood that came out some years ago, uh, featured the voices of uh, Jensen Eccles, I think, from, uh, Chez, you would know this, from Supernatural oh, as, yeah. as uh, Jason Todd. Oh, word. And, and my boy, Neil Patrick Harris, as Nightwing. Yes. Two individuals, one fiction, one real that I both love. That's an so all-star that, cast at that point. Yeah, so and it had the the new voice actor for Batman, not Kevin Conroy, but uh the guy who was on Agents of Shield as like a director. Anyway, I, I don't his name escapes me, but <laughs> I love that you know all this like specific credits information. <laughs> That's awesome. Ex- except his name. But you would know this guy. You remember that super shield guy from I don't know, season three or four? 
he was the voice. He's the voice actor of the current band. Anyway, nice. anyway, not get sidetracked. So this is an interactive version of Under the Red Hood. So it uh, it shows the trailer shows us, you know, you as a viewer, you can select how certain critical plot points play out. And that shapes the path of Jason Todd, a.k.a. Red Hood, a.k.a. Hush, a.k.a. Robin. So I'm digging this. I'm looking forward to it. Comes out in October, and I couldn't be more psyched. And I'm glad you bring up that um, interactive feature when it came to the movie. Because very deep cut, when they actually did the Death and the Family storylines in the comic books, they actually allowed a write-in option as to what should be the fate of Jason Todd. And obviously... Fans are sick bastards because what happened to him is basically what the American people chose. I know, and that's I love that piece right from because the, the, this is the original story right that happened uh, uh, back in the eighties in the late eighties, which uh, if I if I believe I'm correct, like it was written by Jim Starlin, nineteen eighty eight, which is a uh, which is a fantastic writer, Jim Starlin, because Jim Starlin well known for creating Thanos and most of the awesome characters of the of the Marvel Cosmic Universe. Wow wrote this storyline and i thought that was fucking weird no exactly that even back in that day they chose like all right you choose what happens to what was what, what's a historic uh, um character no because he's the second robin right like for the longest time it was it was it was, it was dick grayson he became nightwing and so then he gets a new robin jason todd and then people voted to be like nah fuck him <laughs> let joker <laughs> kill his ass I mean, and it was the way that they said, fuck him, let Joker kill his ass. Let Joker beat the shit out of him to death, well, almost to death with a crowbar, then blow up the warehouse that he's in. So this kid got obliterated. Oh, actually, that's a good question. I want, I don't know. Like, how was it back in the day? Like, did they know how it was going to happen? <laughs> like, were they like, they thought it was just going to be like some kind of superhero death. Like, uh, they disappear and it's off, off screen kind of thing, off panel. Like, did they know? Like, all right, because if you choose A, Joker's going to beat him with a wrench. You're going to see it. And then he's gonna, and then then he's gonna die in a bomb, and then Batman's gonna find his dead body in fucking <laughs> mad graphic. Like, oh shit! Like, I I wonder the people who said, yeah, kill him. I bet they felt bad, like after they read the book. They didn't know that Warner Brothers had consulted Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at the time, like I didn't even know that there was another Robin. So was, to me, it was just Robin got killed. Like, this bloody corpse in Batman's arm is, like, the Robin that we all know. But it was just some shitty, like, you know, some some Robin they created. And they were like, you know what? He's not that popular with the fans. Let's just kill him. I mean, he wasn't shitty because, like, they they grew the lore. You know what I mean? I, I think, like, they find a way to kill Jason Todd as Robin, probably thinking that way. But then it turned into something amazing, in my opinion. Well, even though, you know, like, the writers probably thought that way as like, hey, you know, he's not that popular and they wanted to get rid of him. It actually ended up being for the best because they brought back Jason Todd. They now in a way, people almost kind of love the Jason Todd Robin because he got killed, ironically enough, as opposed to they hated him before they murdered him. We fans are a weird, weird of society it's it's because he's a fucking badass like if you get killed look at look at the yeah. winter soldier 
if you if you had died before, you always come back badass. Remember Superman with the black suit and the mullet and the unshaven, looking <laughs> sexy as fuck. Like yeah, you just man. come back from resurrected, looking awesome. So, mm-hmm. yo, and I think that's a good. I was wondering when who who did that and 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 oh, was, was that Jeff Loeb? Was it or who 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 brought Jason Todd back? Because it happened years later, right? Because he died in eighty eight. Yeah, years. and then that. That's one thing I do like it. I hate it because now, right now in the comic books, when somebody dies, it's no longer meaningful because you know they'll come back soon. So I appreciate it when they die and they stay stay dead for years. I think the last character that that happened was Jean Grey in Marvel Comics. That literally she stayed dot she she stayed dead for like almost a decade and then just recently came back. You know, so that I I appreciate that. But who so who 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 did it? Like who who came back? Who who brought back Jason Todd? It was Judd Winnick and Doug Mankey. They did the original run, and those are two creators that I love. Judd Judd Winnick, he just dropped off the map. Uh, him and Jeff Johns around the same time just were dropping bombs like of comic books, like The Outsiders, Teen Titans, Batman. Green Lantern, they were both like the two heavy hitters at DC. And then, you know, Jeff Johns went on to become a god and Judd Winning dropped off. But and Doug Mankey, he draws he draws metal, right? Uh dark metal. Right. Is it that's the new Batman? Oh, he's uh, I don't I, I don't know if he's doing the new one. The new one because oh, it was, it was Capullo. Capullo. Yeah, 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 that's he, Capullo. That's that's Snyder uh, Scott Snyder's uh, main man. But no, but Doug uh, Doug Mankey has done a lot of the Batman books, and he's done a lot. He 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 drew Green Lantern a lot with Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. especially I think in the New Fifty Two, and then he was drawing Detective Comics too for for a while with uh, with I think it was being written by uh, the Tinian guy, Tinian the Fourth. I remember what his first name is. Yeah, I love his art. I love remember it. reading that under the red hood run and just being blown away by the way they brought the character back and just by the creativity from those guys and look it turned into an amazing animated feature and now we're getting the ultimate extended parallel universe version so i'm stoked yeah and i will i want to say for the fans out there listening if hopefully you're all following us on social media you know because you can follow us on a lot of you know instagram facebook uh, 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 Twitter too. We're not super active there yet, but we, we will, and, and YouTube as well. But like on on, on Instagram specifically, we, recently, and you'll see because we have our boy here, Rod Rod Zaro on Instagram, recently shared some great photos from New York City Comic Con, where actually Rod in both photos was dre- in different two different years was dressed as different versions of Red Hood. Cause so that's why we love Red Hood. Rod fucking loves. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I didn't notice that I was such a fan until I'm scrolling through my pics just to post some shit on the on the Instagram. I'm like, wait, I was Red Hood twice, and with the Legion out here in Comic Con. But yeah, I don't want to get up on a tangent, but I'm gonna miss Comic Con this year. Check out the photo. And if fans go on Rod Zaro's page and actually check out both photos, you're gonna see that him and I recreated uh, the infamous photo where Deathstroke and Red Hood are coming at each other. That's actually me in the Deathstroke costume in that picture, just so the fans know. Yes, awesome. No, but exa- I'm, 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 I'm excited. I, I like this trailer. I like the idea. I love, especially love that they did that, right? Recreating the interactive piece from back in the day, from the original story. The only thing that I'm curious about is like, yeah, man. wait, but it seems it's interactive more than once, right? Because in the original story was like, just choose, does Jason Todd die or not, right? And then, but then it seems there's so many different options, right? And there's like Red Robin is in the, is in the movie, and which is Tim Drake. 
you know, I guess, right? Like in the comic books, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be the version we're going to see. So, so how, how like what, 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 because in the original stories, we don't have Red Robin in that realm. And in the, and in the other movie, the Under the Red Hood, I don't remember, but was Red Robin there or Tim Drake? there nope and hush wasn't there either so you know you can choose if he gets that's it's not a spoiler it's in the it's in the trailer so you can choose whether or not he dies the way he died which was like you know chess said beaten with a crowbar and shit or he gets saved by batman or he cheats death so i guess that his whatever iteration he becomes is based off of that oh which is insane because what we're basically saying is like, if you think about what we're saying, it's pretty insane. So we're getting the Death in the Family story with whole new story included that. So if you want, you can go through the movie. Like, who knows how many times yeah. I'm not going to do that math. But you can wind up with a completely new movie every single time up to a certain point. Talk about rewatch value. That's extremely clever. Yeah, I'm going to speculate that that I think then I'm going to assume that the Red Robin we saw is if we choose that Jason Todd um, escapes the situation, not saved by Batman and doesn't die, I'm going to assume that that leads to him becoming Red Robin or something like that, you know, because unless if they, because I don't think it'll be a very busy movie to have like, Jason Todd die, introduce Tim Drake as Robin, then have Tim Drake become his own independent person as Red Robin. Like, all in one movie? That's a massive movie. It's, it's too much. And we got Nightwing in there. <laughs> Damn. How about this? I will call your speculation and I'll raise you Ooh. a conspiracy theory. <laughs> what if you see Hush and Red Hood in the trailer because depending on your choices, Jason Todd becomes either or. Pretty much. That's what's going to happen. If you make a certain yeah, if you make a certain set of choices, he becomes Hush. If you make a certain set of choices, he becomes Red Hood. And then the other one is Red Robin. That's the third uh, path. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe yeah. there's more. Like you said, there's going to be a ton of rewatch, rewatchability. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, that got me thinking, like, you guys, did you guys, because for me, the first big thing that was like that, like, choose your own thing, was that Netflix, the Black Mirror movie or episode, long episode, uh, Bandersnatch. I don't know if you all saw Black Mirror's fucking dope. First of all, it's going to freak you out. Don't watch it right now during the pandemic. This is not the time to watch Black Mirror. It's the perfect time. (laughs) But they had the movie Bandersnatch where you can select a lot you can you control the person in the movie and they know they're being controlled so it's kind of cool so and then it leads to all different iterations you unlock different endings and that kind of stuff and so I'm, I'm hoping they go all out like that and make it like that cool oh man that's trippy um i remember having bandersnatch on my list forever but i never watched it i'm actually going to check tonight and see if i could actually work my way through that that sounds pretty cool the only experience i had with the interactive stuff on netflix was like the bear grills one and i lost a couple of times so i know i die in nature <laughs> i never i never <laughs> saw it is it good yeah um they're pretty fun uh <laughs> like <laughs> just like I, I killed bear Damn, for Bear Grylls, shit. It's funny, the, the very first Batman book that I ever read, not a comic book, but a Batman book, was a choose-your-fate book. Like, if Batman jumps off the sinking ship, turns to page 86. If you want <laughs> to save the whatever, turns to page... I was going to be scrolling through that thing, so... Oh, that's cool, that's cool. Rod had the kind of childhood where he was clearly being asked to choose his fate as a kid. That's intense. <laughs> it's in your hands. Good, good. <laughs> I think that was the tagline for the book. <laughs> Literally, it's in <laughs> your hands, right? 
from Scholastic. <laughs> Scholastic, man. <laughs> uh, and then speaking of, but going back to the trailer, right? We saw a fucking dope movie. I'm glad. I'm, it looks cool. I'm excited about it. I'm, I, I was a little bit, I'm glad they're adding the alternate thing, choosing it, because like exactly like Rod said, right? They made already the Under the under the Red Hood. Under the under the Hood. What was, what was it called? <laughs> under the Red yeah, Hood. Under the Red Hood. Under the Red Hood movie. Which was good. I liked it. Um, but I did see that. I'm like, why are you making it again, right? And I like the alternate thing was going to work. And I think especially, too, with – it wasn't a bad movie, but I don't remember what, what, which movie was it. Was it the Hush movie recently, the animated one, where, where, I guess, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that movie. Spoiler alert. I'm going to just make sure. All right. Spoiler alert. Walk away. Keep playing. Come back in five minutes. And then, all right, and it's the where where Riddler is the is Hush. I'm like that that was fucking dumb. I didn't like that. Stop hating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because they're using footage from the original animated feature under the Red Hood. It, this is cool. It seems like all right, not to detour, gentlemen, but do it. It reminds me of the Snyder Cut a little bit because... Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. This is the right. mandatory Snyder Cut mention <laughs> of the episode. We're getting royalties. I'll make it brief. We need, like, a, a special Snyder Cut sound that goes off. Yes. <laughs> wait. At this point, it's basically a segment. No, no, this is brief. This is brief. Okay, very brief. All right. In a, in a post-COVID apocalyptic world, it's hard to create new content, at least through certain avenues. So things like the Snyder Cut, when there's footage already existing, it makes sense um, from a business standpoint to just rehash it somehow. So the fact that they're using the original cut of Another Red Hood, it seems like they may have had bonus footage. They're like, you know what? Let's animate this too and that, and let's create a whole new product out of it. So Damn, so you know for a fact that they're using the same footage? Yeah, it's, it's the exact. It's under the Red Hood, but they've added segments to it. It's essentially the same film. Damn, then I'm not excited about it anymore. Fucking lazy no, but ass brand, shit. No, but listen, there's brand lazy new Lazy ass shit. They had to draw that shit. They had to draw the hush. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah like, i'm not gonna front like as we were watching it because i saw under the red hood a bunch of times i'm like wait this looks familiar and then as we were talking about it um i wanted to play partially some devil's advocate because i'm like wait did they lack original ideas and came up with the original idea of mash up all these movies and make them work somehow like is that what they did because like Again, as we were watching it, I'm like, this looks very yeah, familiar. Yeah, that's why I keep calling it an ultimate edition of Under the Red Hood. That's it's what it, even the cover of the of the Blu-ray is the same. It's just a, it's just new art. It's just new art of the same image of him holding. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> move on to the second trailer that we saw is the Man of Tomorrow. And okay, I think this trailer is meant to kick off a new universe of animated films so for those that don't know dc tends to, well not just dc but comic companies in general tend to create these mini verses or universes where there's continuity and you got to watch in you know, all these films to kind of get what's going on or maybe not sometimes they work as standalones like with the mcu so and dc just they just ended a uh, book ended their previous cinema uh, animated uh dc universe with um what is it apocalypse war Mm-hmm. I was hating on earlier. Which oh, I let's, loved. I, we should get into the exactly. I, have we reviewed that yet? We have not. We should take advantage right, right now go, as go. a prelude. Shoot. Right. It's like it's like Rod was saying. All the DC animated movies were within a universe 
you know, and, and it was, and they were great. There were a lot of good films, not all the best, you know, different qualities, but they're all good. They're all entertaining. They're great movies. And so with Apocalypse War, they came out this year, right? Was this it? year? Yeah, this year it came out and it served as the ending of that universe. And then basically will lead to their own rebirth, like in the DC comics uh, or like a new 52 kind of thing. I think basically, right? Like, no, no, right? Because they were ba- the, the, these it, it was animated- based on the 52. Exactly. Yeah. These movies were based on the new 52. And so now they're doing something new, which is why the Man of Tomorrow is basically going to gonna, gonna start that, which we'll talk about it. But then the Apocalypse War, that movie, Justice League, Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War, was the movie that ended it. And I thought it was not a good movie. I thought, oh, where to begin? So, I don't know. Spoiler alert again. Spoiler alert. The movie just ends stupidly. The same way shit started with fucking uh, uh, just Flash resetting everything going back in time and changing everything like so not, nothing mattered it was all pointless don't even watch the movie alert. <laughs> that's what i said i said spoiler i just want to go ahead and point out that miguel's absolutely fucking heartless because while watching this movie i cried twice like it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's one other it's a film i wouldn't even call this a movie i call it like it's a film <laughs> you know when people put their hand up you know like 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 when something tastes good, it can't be seen, but I'm doing that when I say, like, it's it's a film. It needs to be appreciated for what it is. It is a work of art. <laughs> the ending was amazing. And part of the reason why I like, why I really enjoyed it, so I'm not going to try and spoil it, but is it... Spoil it, spoil it. Who cares? Spoil it right now. Let's do it. It's been, it's been out. All right, it's, fair enough. We warn people. Yeah, basically, the way I see it, for the first time, the good guys really didn't win. And I found that refreshing at the end. I like the fact that if you think about it, the ending was dark as fuck. They had to reset everything because they lost. That's how bad it was. I agree. Which also props to Darkseid, who's way better than Thanos. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Oh. Yeah, the end of this film, there are shades of Infinity War. You know, the word war seems to be popping up a lot. But yeah, it, it's, you know, Infinity War was so cool because it ends with the Avengers losing. And that's always, you know, kind of novel to see as a fan because, you know, superhero always wins in the end. And that's what Apocalypse War did. All right. I cried as well. And I'm not going to tell you which scene, but it was a very powerful scene. Uh, <laughs> I can guess. I can guess. I, well... It had to do with Batman. <laughs> of course. It was a massive story. <laughs> it, it included one of my favorite characters, John Constantine. John, John Constantine. Sorry. Or, jo- <laughs> or John Constantine. John Constantine. He's the protagonist of this movie, right? He's the, he's the hero, right, of this whole film, which I thought was fucking awesome. Uh, paying homage to, you know, the Alan Moore-verse, uh, the, that corner of the DC universe. Like, was he the hero? Did he save the day? Like... I mean, technically, he did. after watching that movie, if it wasn't for John Constantin, um, I don't think that like shit would have worked out that way, the way that it did. For the for the best worst, or the worst best, however you want to look at it. Yeah. You'll see when you watch the movie. And it's funny, the, the, uh, this animated uh, universe starts with Justice League War, based off of, again, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee's uh, epic relaunch of the DC universe. And then it ends with, you know, Apocalypse War. And it's when it comes out at a time of, like, COVID and quarantine. So everybody's depressed already and shit. I just dropped this bomb on them. But, yeah, I thought it was a very emotional film. There's a lot going on. You get – it's 
it's named uh, Justice League Dark, but it really encompasses everybody. Superman, Word. the Justice League, the Suicide Squad. Everybody's in this shit. Um, I wasn't a fan of Darkseid's voice actor, though. I'm going to point that out. But other than that, <laughs> that shit was a, a home fucking run. That's mad nitpicky. Like, the voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, nothing not about the plot, nothing else. The actor's voice. <laughs> yeah, even though I won't say, like, directly, I was... I wasn't a fan of him. It just, I feel like Darkseid needs to be more menacing. Yes. Yeah, like, I feel like this Darkseid was more enticing. <laughs> enticing, ooh. <laughs> and so I agree. I agree. I'll, I'll, I will agree with certain things for sure. Like, I, I do think it, it was a dark film, sort of. Like, especially with the way it ended. I do I do think maybe it might have been also too because you, both of you, <laughs> saw it before me. And I think you guys might have hyped it up because you all told me it was emotional, all this kind of stuff. You guys told me you cried. And so I was like, yeah, like, I can't wait to watch this. And I think I might have been too hyped for it. Because uh, then I felt, because I did feel like you said, like, it, it's, it's labeled as Justice League Dark. But they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at the movie. Like, it's just fucking everything. And then, spoiler alert, again, like, if you re- watch the movie, stop and come back. It's like everybody's fucking dying. And it's, like, almost meaningless. There are deaths. It's a, there's not a lot of them. I feel like it's kind of rapid and emotionless, and it's just happening. And everybody's an idiot in the movie for the most part. And then it, it's just I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. And, and ah, ah. It's basically Infinity War. It's oh. Infinity War and Endgame wrapped up in an animated package featuring your favorite DC superheroes. <laughs> and I agree with that with 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 the with, with matching and uh, Infinity War, right? Where where they they it, they lose at the end, but on the opposite, right? On on the flip side from fucking Endgame and Infinity War, where they spent time and creativity to really oh hey, how are we gonna fix this how are we gonna solve everybody they literally just fucking fix it by doing a reset by like all right well what happened the first time how did this all start flash you went back in time and changed shit flash just go back in time and erase everything none of this mattered hulk just snap your finger and none of this happened but no, no, that's the different Endgame doesn't do that. It the, everybody comes back five years in the future. It it all happened, and everybody's traumatized from what happened in the Spider-Man movie. They start dealing with that. Nothing was erased. Everything meant something, and everybody who really like Iron Man died for real in the movie. Like nothing was just quickly erased. They had this complicated time heist to get the gems and come back, and people came back within Apocalypse War. No. It's just like, all right, it's all a race. And we'll see if Man of Tomorrow, they start showing that, do they do people remember what they went through? Some of them, sh- technically, technically Flash should be the only one that remembers maybe, right? Oh, I don't know, but eh. I love how you underplay the ending. Like it wasn't that Darkseid completely destroyed everything to the point that the only choice they had was to technically commit mass suicide slash murder because they had to reset everything because there was no coming back. Lazy. It's all lazy. Lazy writing. (laughs) Okay, so I like that they're taking a new animated approach to The Man of Tomorrow. Uh, just to kind of show that it's this is a new thing that's happening. Whether or not it's a standalone or connected, you know, we won't know until... I mean, there are a lot of other iconic characters in the trailer. So you see the Martian Manhunter in there and things like that. 
Um, but I'm looking forward to it. There's a, a, a definitely an influence of, of Japanese animation that, that I'm getting from this trailer. So I like that they're oh. you know, just visually giving the fans something new. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I was actually going to say, um, I enjoyed the trailer. Like, the story, it looks cool. And I'm super hyped that we get the main man back. I feel like it's been a long time since we saw Mambo, who, who is who Jason Momoa should have been. <laughs> exactly. Facts. But uh, in my head, the whole time, I'm like, was this animated by Fisher Price? Because that's what it looked like. <laughs> Damn. Like... Like it's gonna it's gonna be a Sunday morning cartoon or something you're gonna watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like, like, let's put one of the most badass characters who deserves like an R rating, so we can really see him for who he is. And I'm talking about Lobo, of course, not Superman. And, but then it's like, let's try to animate him in the most childish way possible. HBO Max, take notes. Lobo rated R. Oh, starring Jason Momoa. Yo, I will be there. I'll go to the movies and watch that shit. Catch COVID. Wait, 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 wait. An HBO Max movie or an HBO Max series? Both connected. So you start with a prequel <laughs> on HBO Max. <laughs> Yo, yes. <laughs> how about how about an HBO Max series of movies? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like this podcast is just basically our, our our pitch to HBO to hire us as writers at the DC. We got you guys. We got ideas, man. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. If like. The people at Warner Brothers hired their fans. They would have been way ahead of Marvel. That's now. their problem. And that's where Marvel succeeded. You know, Mar- Marvel Studios mm-hmm. began from Marvel, not yeah. Disney. So it, it's a creator. It's almost like a creator-owned, you know, we think about independent companies as creator-owned uh, material. But the MCU, you know, run by Kevin Feige and all these other people, like the infamous Joss Whedon. And, you know, like it's, it's the comic book fans making comic book movies but dc they they trust it seems like they trust executives and stuff like that with their material and you know word big ups to marvel shout out Woo. yo so back to the trailer though for the man of tomorrow i, w- I was actually had i had a question i think mostly for rob probably i, th- I think you've read this more because but i think so so there was a storyline no called i think in the new 52 or in, in rebirth called just man of tomorrow uh and and then because i was just wondering what what story is this movie based off of? And like, because for example, that whole thing, because it, it's basically, all right, so now I think we'll talk about the trailer in properly for people who haven't seen it. So it's basically the retelling of Superman's really first time coming to Metropolis and becoming Superman and introducing himself to the world. And, 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 it's, it, and it's, it looks fucking cool. Actually, it looks pretty nice. Although animated by Fisher-Price, it looks pretty good. Or like an, an, an anime Fisher-Price. Um... It, it it looks good, uh, but I'm just curious about like is it based off of any specific story? Because as the trailer shows, it, it it starts off it seems with with an untrained, uh, without a suit Superman going off of Lobo, the main man. Um, did that happen like in 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 the comics? Like, or I'm not sure. But to add to that, it's a great jumping on point for fans. So this is like an origin story of the or the original main man, you know, Superman. So it's a great, it's a great like film for guys to just to jump in, fresh, new story, new voice actors as well. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not it's tied to any specific comic book. I've never read Superman that heavily, but it might be. I don't know. The last time I remember seeing an animated Lobo, I think it was what was the name of the cartoon on Channel Eleven on the WB, the Superman Adventures. Yeah, uh, Superman yeah. The animated series yeah. or 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. That was the last time I remember seeing Lobo animated. And he was in uh, Young Justice. I think he's in all the seasons, right? Oh, that's awesome. And didn't he? Didn't he have a comic book at one point? Wasn't there like a Lobo book? I'm sure. No, yeah, Lobo's had comic books, like running comic books, on and off. A lot for a long, long time. Like I've never read them, but I know like Lobo has had his own book. Yeah, and he's been drawn by the aforementioned uh, Doug Mankey before, who's yes. just a master of drawing the human anatomy. Shout out to Doug Mankey. Did anyone get to see the live action Lobo on Krypton? No, but that's Ooh. dropping next week on the DC Universe app. And I'm going to watch it. I watched season one. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it, you know, although I was doing other things while I was watching, I wasn't too deep, but, you know, I think it was a, a worthwhile show. Wait, wait, you watch Krypton season one? Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It kept me coming back. And then uh, they were streaming it on the sci-fi uh, website after that, after just it ran on the DC Universe app, but the sci-fi app was just all wonky with commercials. I'm like, oh, hell no. I'd rather just wait and watch it on DC Universe. So yeah, and you know they have uh, Doomsday makes appearances. So, so for the fans that don't know, this is a series that's like a, it's a Krypton show. So it's going to talk about Superman's grandfather, so Jor-El's dad. I think that's the main character. Boring. <laughs> I I love how Miguel got slightly offended when he found out Rudd saw the first season. Was like, what you saw? You didn't tell me. How dare you? No, no, no. I'm not offended. I was curious. I, I, I want. I would like to know. Like, oh, was it was it good or not? Because I wasn't interested in it in, at all. Like I, a little bit at the beginning, but honestly, I'm like Krypton. Yeah, it's a stretch. Like the coolest thing about Krypton is that it it exploded and gave us Superman. Like. Come on now. And that there's that one little city that survived, right? What's it called? Candor. Candor. That's the coolest thing about fucking Krypton. They want to make a, a, a show or movie about anything comic book related. It's incredible the way comic books permeated at all media now. Like TV shows, comic cons, movies. Like the biggest movies. Like I, Shit, I only get excited for comic book movies at this point. What I absolutely hate about that whole thing, as much as I appreciate it at the same time, is that I don't feel there's been the trickle-down economic effect down to mom-and-pop comic book shops. Like, yeah, for example, like, at Disney, they've made all this money with Marvel. At Warner Brothers, they're making all their money with DC, all the games, all the shows. Like, But when you look at where all this stuff really came from, it's like it forgot its roots. All the, like all these billions, and I'm saying billions because I honestly believe in between all this money that's being created, you know, between the DC characters and the Marvel characters, there's barely any real trickle down effect going down to the original medium, which is comic books at mom and pop shops. And I'm talking pre COVID, of course. Yo, bro, there was an Alfred show that I didn't see, but they, they make a show about everything, everything. If anything, I'm kind of shocked that CW, like, if there was a channel that made an Alfred show, I'm surprised we didn't get, like, some teeny bopper, you know, like, Tim Drake Robin Hood show on the CW. Nah, 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 nah. about those heartthrobs on Titans, though. Nah, nah, nah. (laughs) Yo, don't talk shit about CW, man. I will say this. CW, although it's cheesy, relatively low quality, but it's good. And it's consistent. Like, it doesn't try to be more than what it is. It knows exactly what it is. It knows it's a CW show, and they're good. Come on. It's giving us so much Arrowverse shows. Arrow, Flash, 
Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, fucking Batwoman, which I guess, which we already reviewed, but that's the, the worst one. So, you know, one out of five, that's not bad, man. CW, come on, man. I mean, I'm not talking shit about it. You because, did. Like, I meant, I'm surprised that they didn't go that route with a character like Robin, you know what I mean? Which they could have. With a character like what? I kind of see it happening. Um, Like, with a character like Robin, they could have taken, you know, like, a Tim Drake and made like a shitty version of like a superhero, like what's the name of that show? Um, Riverdale or something oh, like that. That's you're talking about Titans on the DC Universe app. That's pretty much oh, what yeah. that is. That that show mm-hmm. is full of sexy people playing superheroes. Like if that's your th- well, that's every like superhero is played by a sexy person. <laughs> yeah, shit. I'm like, is that, if that's your thing, what? But I'm like, that's everything. That's a prerequisite I mean, I that's a to pre-requisite. be a superhero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a superhero if you ain't sexy. It's like, it's two main, well, it's three main things. You need to be in shape. You've got to have amazing ethics. Well, you've got to have good ethics. <laughs> Which begs the question, why isn't Justin Timberlake a superhero? Is he a superhero? <laughs> He's not. I don't think so, not okay. yet. But actually, that gives us a nice little segue <laughs> to our next discussion, right? Because we're saying, right, all superheroes need to be sexy on TV. I beg to differ because we do have two awesome seed new seasons we got doom patrol season two and umbrella academy season two which we'll talk about and we're going to try hard to do avoid spoilers but for example in doom patrol almost nobody's really sexy there masterful segue (laughs) awesome thank you thank you very much in doom patrol the only person i think is kind of sexy is is crazy jane uh actress uh diane i think guerrero um because she's sexy for sure but, like, she's not portrayed sexy, though. And so, you know, and, and nobody there, like, I guess a little bit the, the Rita, 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 I don't know what her last name is. But. Bruh, wait till you watch the, the second to last episode of Doom Patrol Season 2. <laughs> You're going to rethink everything you just said. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen one second of Doom Patrol, but I'm going to. Not even Season 1? No, not at all. Um, I have to sign up for the DC app. I got to use it. Got you. Uh, yeah, good looking up. Um, so essentially, what I know about the show is that there is some what I like to call retro sexiness on there because doesn't Brendan Fraser play? <laughs> Good old Brendan Fraser. Shout out to Brendan Fraser. Shout out to Encino Man. Shout out to George of the motherfucking jungle. Shout out to the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, what happened? But then he disappeared, and hey, you know what? We're glad he's back. But yeah. there is some retro sexiness on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and agree. All right, so, so we're just to clarify, for, we're gonna avoid spoilers, and, and and it's gonna be helpful because so Rod has finished Doom Patrol, uh, right? He Rod finished Doom Patrol season two. I haven't finished. Uh, I mean, and I I finished Umbrella Academy, uh, but we haven't. You know, the the other one. You know, so we're gonna try to avoid spoil it for each other. And and Chaz hasn't seen anything, so we're gonna <laughs> we don't want to spoil it for him. I haven't seen Doom Patrol, but as you guys know, I'm the only person here with an actual superpower because I'm immune to spoilers. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I do not have that power. I hate spoilers. Yeah. But I am like halfway season, halfway through season two of the Umbrella Academy, and I definitely do have some thoughts on it, though, that are like non-spoiler related. One of them being, I love the fact that um, I appreciate a good origin story, but I appreciate the fact that now we get to spend time with the characters themselves and no Yeah, I agree. No, I agree totally. I, that, cause that's the one thing I loved about the second. So 
I guess you know it'll. We should bring the come back to this later because like when when season one basically they came out together. Doom Patrol season one came out at the same time as Umbrella Academy season one, and I thought there was a lot of comparison. First of all, I love because I've never read either one of the comic books. I actually just started reading the comic books now, and I'm loving them. Um, so I didn't know anything, but they they have similarities, right? Because they're both like two groups of weird, wacky people, and they get they get into non-conventional comic book type of stories no and events like it's not classic cape and you know cape and cape and cape and cowl kind of things yes and yeah. and you're right and, and the season one i liked doom patrol season one more than umbrella academy season one i love them both but i like them more now i finished season two of Acad- umbrella academy and i loved it exactly what you said i think they spent a really good time getting to know the characters and really exploring the family dynamic because they're a family and and i really really like that and for those that don't know, Umbrella Academy streams on Netflix and Doom Patrol streams on HBO Max and the DC Universe app. Yes. And one other thought that wasn't like really spoiler related, but um, I wanted to bring it up just because it was funny in my head. And I kind of like that they do that like as part of the characters, like who he is as part of the character's character at the risk of sounding redundant. Um, and I think it speaks to people in today's um, social climate today, um, essentially that Luther needs some better emotional processing systems. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that man cannot cope. <laughs> Which one is Luther? The the gorilla man, like the big <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> No, and exactly, and they're all they they they. That's what I love about Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol too. That they're all very flawed people Word. with 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 a bunch of fucking trauma, you know. And some of them are reasonable, like Doom Patrol, more traumatic than Umbrella Academy, right? Because Umbrella Academy, they grew up with powers, but they just had a shitty fucking father. Uh, uh, and, and with with Doom Patrol, each one of the characters went through some horrific shit, right? Like you know, we were talking about Brendan Fraser. To become Robot Man, you know, which this isn't a spoiler. This is just origin that you'll you you can quickly you'll read. And this is season one. Like he his uh, uh, he has to get into a horrible accident where his he has to get his brain transplanted into a robot. And 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 they really play up how horrible it is to be a robot where he can't feel things. He can't he can't shit. He can't piss. He's not hungry. And 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 that's like fuck. That's, that's fucked up. That sucks. I'll go as far as to say that, um, and I'm very glad that you broke it down so well um, worded, because if you really get down to the nitty gritty of it, in between the Umbrella Academy and the Doom Patrol, I think you have people that are more heroic than the Justice League and the Avengers, oh. because because they're being heroic. Is it in spite or despite? Which is the correct one? Somebody help me out here. Despite. Okay, okay, gotcha. Thanks. Um, so they're being heroic despite their traumas. Well, mind you, every one of the Avengers and every one of their Justice League has an origin story. There is some trauma. But you can take, in my personal opinion, any story across the board from any member of the Justice League, yes, including Batman and Superman, or any member of the Avengers. And I don't think, like, story for story, it will be as tragic as anybody from the Doom Patrol or the Umbrella Academy. So they're even far more heroic than their two most quote-unquote heroic teams. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, tragic heroes. These are two shows of tragic heroes. Exactly. Uh, I watched the the beginning of Umbrella Academy season one. It was really good. I dropped just because of being overloaded with shows. 
and I watched all of Doom Patrol season one. I highly recommend those of you with HBO Max watch at least the first episode of Doom Patrol because it's just so well done. It watches like a film and you feel like you're, and the actors, you know, yes. I did Brendan Fraser. Uh, I can't recall the names of the other actors, but excellent acting um, on that show all around. Oh, just quickly from that, from best actors. Also, you gotta highlight in Doom Patrol, the chief is nobody but fucking James Bond, Timothy Dalton. That's right. Like, come on, you can't go fucking wrong with that. Wasn't he in Flash Gordon? Why do I remember him from Flash Gordon? I remember him being oh, young, handsome as fuck. Can, can we look this up? <laughs> but, but yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, so, you sure maybe he wasn't Flash Gordon? No, no, Flash Gordon was some blonde, tanned, jacked, epic. Well, not that, you know, Timothy Dalton isn't. You are 100% correct. He was Flash Gordon oh, in the 1980 film. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> oh, Thank you. All right. So, <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Back to Doom Patrol. It has the, the gorgeous man, uh, Timothy Dalton. And it, it's, it's a team. It reminds me of the X-Men because they all live in this mansion together. And uh, yes, uh, the chief... There's is also in a wheelchair played by Timothy <laughs> Dalton. Um, but you know, these are and uh Cyborg eventually comes into season one. So, you know, he's also a Justice Leaguer. Just you know, there's some crossover there, although it's not oh. connected to the film, but they have their own cyborg, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I really liked season one, and it's because of that, because the characters you can relate to their their pain sort of because they're always carrying it around because it's kind of like they can't hide it like if you're a robot man or, or a negative man like i mean i guess uh crazy jane can kind of hide it but she can't because she's she has all these multiple personalities that all just jump out right. and sometimes at random right so she can't really hide it much either yeah but yeah it's a it very it's a season one at least season two i don't know but season one was very well written very well acted great pacing uh you know, it was better than most other shows on the DC Universe app, except for one, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, I recommend checking out the first episode. So even though I haven't seen Doom Patrol, um, you guys know that I have a tendency to go on the intro webs and hop into the wikis and just read about stuff at length. So um, I have a question for you guys. Since I just found out over time what was the whole deal with Crazy Jane, and you guys also just gave up some info about it, who do you think is crazier? Crazy Jane or the Horde from the sh from the Shemalamaverse, you know, like M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it's it's a cool comparison. Um, for the Horde, I think only one of his personalities has powers, but for Crazy Jane, I'll give her the edge because, like, she manifests different abilities. It depends on which personality takes over, so she has more powers. But uh, shout out to the Horde, played by James McAvoy. And also, Crazy Jane has that whole fucking cool. I don't I don't know about. I haven't seen those those movies. But like at least for Crazy Jane, the whole thing set up with the underground, where that's where all the personalities uh, personalities live, and and then she can go into the underground and have come talk with all the fucking like what is it sixty three sixty four personalities that she has, Whoa. and and they're all they're all protecting basically the 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 the, the, the original person. Uh, and, and, and it's fucking, it gets trippy as fuck. Also, a quick note before we get corrected online. Uh, Timothy Dalton played Prince Baron in 1980s Flash Gordon. <gasps> no. Some epic. So who played Flash Gordon? 
for honorable mentions. And while Rod works his magical fingers to look that up, I'm going to go ahead and take some time and recommend that Miguel actually watch the movies of the M, M. Night Shyamalan verse. I know I said it 20 a few minutes ago, but it's actually the M. Night Shyamalan verse. And that would be Unbreakable, and then Glass. Uh, Split, and then Glass. Yeah, but but you were right, Rod. At least uh, so, but, but fucking Timothy Dalton yes. was in Flash Gordon. That's awesome that you had that in the back of your mind. No, I, I was, we were going to correct it online by uh, that, that uh, eagle-eyed friend of yours. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Rick Alvarez out there. Shout out. And it's actually great that you did that because now it allows us to actually tell the fans, if you guys engage with us heavily enough online, we'll give you a shout out just like Miguel did. So correct us, give us ideas, let us know stuff, engage with us. We are one of you. Yeah, and quick promo, my buddy Rick Alvarez is a great director. You can find him at Rick Alvarez Director online uh, and, and he does great work. Check out his stuff. Did, did he direct your, your short films? Did he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He did a few of them. You'll yeah. Post them. Exactly. Which we'll talk about some other day. Exactly. People uplifting people. But going back to Doom Patrol and 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 Umbrella Cam, I wanted to point out another cool connection between the two shows and both of them being weird, right? About like, I don't know if you guys know, but both of the so so Umbrella Academy. Like, no, let's go with Doom Patrol for Doom Patrol. I think it's heavily being right now inspired by the the run which is which which i started re- uh, reading written by none other than grant morrison grant morrison for all of you who don't know he's a heavyweight fucking one of the best writers out there uh, it's, he's right written primarily for dc although he did a great run in x-men uh, a few years back but grant morrison is known for being a weird ass writer like it's just fucking out there the stuff that he's written and then so he wrote doom patrol for a while uh, then later in Doom Patrol was written by none other than Gerard Way, famous from My Chemical Romance, who created Umbrella Academy. So he is doing Shout well. out to Gerard Way. Love My Chemical Romance. I mean, I haven't heard that they're, I don't even know if they're still active, but I love their older shit. The Black Parade. Um, thank you for the Venom. All that stuff. Yeah. And shout out to all the fucking credits <laughs> Miguel just gave out, dropping knowledge. I'm not going to lie. Once again, I spaced out and came <laughs> back. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. <laughs> uh, but I think I want to bring it back now. I want to bring it back to connecting it to the Batman, you know, that we were talking about, the, you know, the Red Hood movies and all that kind of stuff. I want to bring it back to the Batman universe because I've had a thought that I want to share with everybody now here. I think this might be more more sense to Chess because Chess has watched Umbrella Academy season one completely. And Rod, you said you've watched only a few episodes of season one? So, because I want to say, like, so one of my favorite characters in Umbrella Academy is number five, the kid. All right. So he's played by Aiden Gallagher. Yeah. He, I love him. I love him. I love him. And he's actually fucking young. He's 16 years old, actually, right now in real life. So he's 16 now. He must have been 14 when they started uh, filming season one. And he, and he plays, he's, you know, for those oh, yeah. of you who haven't seen the show, it's not a really big spoiler. He looks like a kid, but supposedly he's like <laughs> in his late 50s. <laughs> but I think even older. He's like in his 60s. <laughs> Yo, because I, I buy it. I believe it so well, so well that yeah. that kid is fucking in his 50s. And why do I bring it back to Batman? Because I am thinking he would be fantastically cast as Damian Wayne in any future movie. 
Wow, that is an amazing cast. I'd love it. Not for Robert Pattinson's Batman, because I think he's younger and we don't I don't want him to have a kid yet. Yeah. Make a Michael make a Michael Keaton's kid. <laughs> That'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Warner Brother and DC, if you guys are listening right now, you probably are, of course. You know, if you're making the Flashpoint movie, cast Aiden Gallagher for Damian Wayne, please. The one thing I love about Aiden Gallagher's acting as number five is the fact that um it is number five, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was making sure. Um, is that he's a kid, right? So all you have to say, like after he explains the timeline travel, you know, when the series is that, yeah, I'm an old man stuck in a kid's body. You know what I mean? Like as per the writing. But he hits the nuances <laughs> so well. Like you see that, like, like through his young body, that his old spirit is tired. <laughs> like he has like an affinity for like black yeah. coffee. You can see in the way he acts, like like he doesn't have time for people's bullshit, even though he's a kid. Like his mind, like it's already lived. So everything is like you see it, you see it, like you feel that he's that old. It's a great job. Yeah. Isn't that great? You get like a new kidney, you get new lungs, you can smoke, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you have promiscuous sex. Throw <laughs> everything. Yeah. Rod, yeah, you definitely gotta finish. She's really good. It's 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 good stuff, dude. And so I'm excited to finishing to finish Doom Patrol season two to compare it to Umbrella Academy. I, I think it's harder to compare because these two seasons, because like Rod said, both first seasons I think were origin seasons, which were good to like you know all right explain who who's what. Nah, season two from Umbrella Academy is more about getting into the well. Actually, Doom Patrol season two seems to be about the same, right? So now they're going deeper into what the trauma is of being who they are and what caused them being who they are which we're, we won't spoil and 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 then it's just also getting into because doom patrol is just the weirdest fucking shit like every episode i have no idea what they're gonna get into like t- like the last episode i saw is called so every episode is called something patrol like doom patrol and the last episode i saw was called sex patrol i had no idea what i was gonna get into <laughs> that's exactly what that episode offers yeah the whole season has had a lot of sex one thing that I actually found kind of interesting, um, actually found kind of interesting is when I started to read about the Umbrella Academy on the wikias at length. How I like to do, and I mentioned earlier, was the fact that they have like a rotating roster, right, Miguel? Since you're reading the books, and it's pretty varied, like to the point that isn't like I think one of the members of the Umbrella Academy is called the Street. And it's like a sentient oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Doom Patrol. Yeah, 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 yeah. Danny. That's called Danny. I got my wires crossed. Conceptually, they're kind of close when you break them down to a certain extent. But yeah. when you get into the details, they're very different. But um, yeah, but like in Doom Patrol, when I read that, I was like, that's insane. It's like an interdimensional street that appears wherever it wants as part of the team. And non-binary. Danny what? goes by they and them. And it's fucking, it's like woke as fuck. <laughs> it it's like, it's the coolest thing ever. And I love it. And it's, and like, the, that's how the comic book was. It's so fucking wacky, I think. And I think, you know, Grant Morrison is someone that created this character. I, I got to double check that. But, but, I, but it's just fucking wacky. So I just want to mention, speaking of like unconventional heroes, I'm actually watching, I'm actually watching The Boys right now, which is another show is out there on Amazon Prime. Highly recommended. Yes. Rewatching season one, uh, loving it. But um, on another streaming service that we often talk about, HBO Max, they're getting the Harley Quinn animated series, which um, began on the DC Universe app, 
featuring a very popular character nowadays, Harley Quinn, you know, played by Margot Robbie uh, in the movies. And I just got to say, I'm a huge fan of this show. It's funny. It's written for adults. Uh, it's they use these, you know, your your famous DC characters, but they use them in unconventional ways. And it's just like it's a hilarious adult show on HBO. And no holds barred. And and the the rendition of the Joker it might be one of my all time favorites. I love this Joker. And there's two seasons of it. <laughs> Episodes are like about thirty thirty minutes or less. They're short. Yeah. But if you're a fan of Harley Quinn or you just want to watch some like funny bullshit late at night, you know, when you're when you're snacking and getting high or wh- whatever you like to do, check out this show. Like honestly, I feel like if you're a fan of those adult animated shows, right? Like Rick and Morty, like right now, you know, like those and and, and classic Simpsons, Family you know, Guy, that kind of stuff. I highly, I oh yeah, exactly. Like classic Family Guy, I we highly recommend watching the Harley Quinn because be, but 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 it gives you more than that because 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 like those shows are more like episode. Well, Rick and Morty is like a story wise thing, and 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 the story continues throughout all the seasons. Harley Quinn is also good, just episodes. You can watch an episode by itself and it's funny, but there is a story that's going and, and, and it, can be, it can be a serious story that, that, that's meaningful and the characters are growing and they're going through shit, but it's fucking good and it's fucking hilarious. And it's woke too, low key. Yes. I'm shocked in the company you put that show in. You literally just said old school Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Archer. Archer? Are you... Wow. No, I Sorry, agree. Yeah. You guys convinced me. I, I'm going to check it out. It's really good. And I do. And I dare, dare I say, I think season two is better than season one. I think I it's, think so. Yeah. Like, it, it, who knows? It might be because by that point, we already know the characters well. And it's really good. But I don't know. It, I feel like it just got season two did not let me down at all. And I loved it more. There's more things that fucking happen. Unlike the other DC Universe shows, which kind of, uh, I, I don't want to be too hard on it, oh, but they yes. kind of floundered for season <laughs> two, whereas Harley Quinn got better. It, it's my, I look forward to that show so much. Titans. Every Friday, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And I think, and a nice little also fun fact, because it connects to everything we've been talking about, because that's the point of this show, connections, right? <laughs> is that you mentioned one of the best characters on that show is fucking the Joker, which is voiced by nobody else but Alan Tudyke. I think that's how you pronounce uh, his last name, Tudyke, Alan, who portrays Mr. Nobody on season one of Doom Patrol. So it all connects, man. One of the reasons why season one of Doom Patrol was good and season two is like, eh, because they probably because they don't have him. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy for that much like success to fall on one person. That's pretty insane. Zack Snyder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. No, oh, but my God, like seriously, the Harley Quinn show is so good. And I'm actually very excited because like Rod said, it came out first in the DC Universe app. The first two seasons. And, 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 and I watched those. I loved it. And I'm actually really happy that it's going to be on HBO Max. And all both seasons are going to be on HBO Max. Because I honestly think that's going to help to give it a bigger audience. I hope more people watch it. More people fucking love it the way we love it. And then they green light three mm-hmm. more seasons <laughs> or something. And like I mentioned, Margot Robbie plays her in the films. And she's had two films so far. She was in... Suicide Squad and then the fantabulous misadventures of Harley Quinn, whatever the hell that that's what I'm gonna call that movie because it was <laughs> really a Harley Quinn yeah. movie and they should have given her the main shine. And if, if that movie totally. did anything wrong, it was 
not putting more emphasis on Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. And, you know, James Gunn is on board to kind of, I don't know, soft reboot the Suicide Squad, which we should be getting more news about uh, later this month at DC Fandom. That's an episode I'm really excited to record. So we'll have more news on that. Yes. Because DC Fandom's happening mid-August, right? Like towards towards, towards the end. Mm -hmm. Editor's note. Dear listener, as you may have noticed, the Legion on Zoom already recorded the DC Fandom episode. They still haven't mastered their time travel device just yet, so this episode was sent into the future. With your present, our present. Well, you know. So, but for more on DC Fandom, check out the DC Fandom episode. Yes, so no, we can't wait for that. But so far, we're excited. There's been some good stuff to look forward to. There have been some good trailers, uh, some good seasons out there right now for Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy. We highly recommend you guys to watch them. We'll finish those, and then we'll do a thorough, probably spoiler-filled review later on. And then everybody, including Chez right here, fucking fin- watch Harley Quinn because it's such a good show. Thanks. Such a good show. I am definitely going to start checking out the show, and I hope we do a spoiler-filled review. Yes. Filled with absolute spoilers. <laughs> and, well, I guess that about wraps it up, gentlemen. It is always a pleasure, an honor, a privilege. A privilege. I stumbled all over that. Excuse the compliments. <laughs> um, and that's it, everybody. As usual, I love the adventure that I have with you, gentlemen. You guys are my brothers. The Legion... My friends, as usual, I'm Chez. I'm Miguel. And I'm Rod. Follow us on social media and submit questions. We'll be posting uh, fans' question submission soon. Yes, and definitely review us on Apple Podcasts, too. You can leave some reviews here. We're happy to read them, too, here. Uh, leave good reviews only, though. Like, don't... Nah, say no. Say whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Aight. <laughs> Peace. Laters. Legion on Zoom, starring and produced by Jose Perez, a.k.a. Chez, Rodney Martinez, and myself, Miguel Arce. Please subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or shoot us an email at legiononzoom at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Legion on Zoom.